welcome to the 9642 podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number 9. And this is the full. Hello everyone, welcome back, and we are here to talk about football of the association variety. This is totally the first take we've taken of this. <laughs> yep, totally. It's, it's always one take. Never, never yep. multiple. We're a one take team. Yeah, you can tell by the, the wonderful scripts and, um, and dialogue that goes on. Absolutely, absolutely. This is why we have to turn down sponsors, because we're so good at reading scripts. <laughs> So we are back to talk about association football, very specifically the Premier League, our bread mm-hmm. and butter. And I'm sure you're all looking forward to this because it's usually our best downloaded and viewed podcast of the year. It is yeah. our Christmas in December podcast. Woo! Good times. It's all, this will be, I think we started our podcasting from the 2013 season, so this is the... 2014, so this is our ninth Christmas in December podcast. Something I yeah. said offhand in a bar once without realizing what I said, and it's <laughs> now stuck. Incredible. It is a thing now. It is a thing. Um, so since we last spoke, Arsenal looked terrible. We had a long podcast complaining about them, looking over the reviews and seeing how teams were going to progress. What's been your highlight in the last week? Since we've had our last podcast, sorry, I meant to say. For a while there, it was Chelsea's form, because mm. I think October was pretty good for us, um, mm. even early November, but the wheels have fallen off a, a bit since then for us. Uh, not drastically, and not anything to be too worried about, despite what some people in different forums and on Reddit seem to think, that you know the sky is falling and everything's going horribly. Um, I mean, we're still third, only two points behind City, you know. Still got a really good goal difference, really good defense, really good attack. Everything's going fine. It's just a few hiccups along the way. Um, had, but, I mean, hiccups to pretty good teams, other than the um, Zenit game in the Champions League, which just is what it is. But it doesn't matter. Second or first isn't wasn't going to make much difference. Um, we're still going to yeah. face a a reasonably good team in the second round anyway, whoever that is. So. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> Sheriffs aren't there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. They dropped off as well. Um, but they make it to the Europa League, so good on yeah. Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. And, and they give us some nights that we'll never forget. Exactly. So for me, obviously, the highlight is, unfortunately, Ollie is no longer at the bus. Where I think maybe highlights are a strong word there. Obviously, <laughs> Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a Man United legend, and but we always knew that there were tactical limitations. He's a very, very good man manager, and somehow motivates the team to do their best. But he was not tactically the best, mm. and the coaching staff weren't. A, and yeah, he didn't ha- delegate well enough to the coaching staff to get what he needed out of them, and. Manchester United have a good team. Like, as much as I complain about not buying the right players and complain about our recruitment policy, this is a good team. A good coach can get a lot more out of this team than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was getting. 
yeah. until he got fired. Um, so it just had almost had to happen. It became a self-fulfilling prophecy after the Liverpool loss because that is the sort of game which Solskjaer comes in and wins, and you suddenly like the, the seasons changed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's he'll have secured top four, and people are like, yeah, you can't fire him. He's secured top four. And like, and we know that that's all the Glaziers want out of Manchester United. So, so the fact that they went out, but the more important thing is the highlight for me is who they replaced him with, Ralph Ragnick. I almost had to like take a double take, wash my eyes, go and read it again when I saw, because that's a very, very astute and clever signing. Plus, it's a bit left field because he hadn't been coaching in two years; he'd been more of a director and. Everything about this deal, I liked. He's an interim manager, but they very much said he's staying on for two years as a consultant, so he has some power. He's not the substitute teacher who's coming in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the players are going to play for him. He's going to try and implement his own system. He's developed so many good coaches in his time, I think. Yeah. Uh, a bit also sad that Michael Carrick has left the club. He, did, I think, did a very good job in the games he, he was in charge of. Uh, to yeah. keep the team from dropping too many points. But the fact that he decided to give Ralph Ragnick the uh, you know, the full slate to be like, look, bring your men, do your system, you know, get the best out of the team, I think that's very commendable. Um, I wish him the best. Hopefully he'll one day come back to Manchester United in some capacity. I don't know how much you read up on Ragnick, um, but he no. was at Hoffenheim. He basically took a club from amateur to Champions League. Oh, nice! Like it's a club. It's a city with like it's a. It's basically a. It's literally a village team. With no disrespect to Hoffenheim, the town. It's got less than ten thousand people. Oh yeah, it's not big at all. Living there, and even by New Zealand standards, that's a small town. Yeah. Exactly. Forget Germany. So he's taken them to, to first the Bundesliga and then to uh, the Champions League. And then he, he had issues with the people in charge because he didn't want certain players sold. And they sold him sold them behind his back. So he left and he basically built RB Leipzig all from nowhere, basically. Fourth division all the way up to now Champions League. Yeah, wow. So, Definitely proven track record then. Yeah, and he was the manager of Schalke when they beat Manchester United uh, to get to the semi-finals of the Champions League. So he's right, done yeah. very well in German football, and he was being brought in to spot to I believe in my head I want to say it was uh, Lokomotiv Moscow, but I I could be wrong about that. Uh, but one of the Mos the big Moscow teams, he was there, and he. While he was implementing his changes, he was a bit unpopular. He was take, getting players out of the squad and making sure his team played in a particular way and you know, removing people from the club he thought didn't you know, line up with the vision. And yeah, I think Moscow were like, yeah, maybe this is not going to work out with him. And they kind of let Manchester United uh, hire him on. I mean, it's one of those situations where I think all due respect to... Uh, locomotive, if it is locomotive, the you know the when a manager gets an offer from Manchester United, you kind of have to be like, yep, I have to consider this, you know. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and it's an interesting idea. So he does develop a lot of good coaches. So be, that's why I wanted Michael Carrick to stay so that potentially he could learn and maybe even train up somebody like um, uh, Darren Fletcher, who is staying. So this is the issue with Manchester United. You don't know what everyone, anyone does. Like Paul Murtaugh is the sporting director, but Dar Duncan Fletcher is the technical director. What does either of them do? Like, I have no idea. Most clubs only have one director. And, like, unless yeah. you're a club like Barcelona, where, you know, you play multiple sports, so you have a director of football, you have a director of basketball, you know, and then you yeah. have a sporting director that looks after the sports side, because Barcelona, the club, is more than just a sporting club. It does other things. Yeah, That would make sense. Like, yeah. you know, Manchester United doesn't play other sports. We play football. Like, there's a women's team, there's a men's team. Like, you know... <laughs> Like, I can understand us having a sporting director. Maybe he looks after both the women's side and the men's side, and then you delineate to a men's director and a women's director. That would make sense to me. Yeah. Because they're two separate sports, and, you know, the situation is different in both sports. Completely understandable. Yeah, it's so confusing. Like, nothing <laughs> is set up correctly at United, which is why I'm glad he's staying on as a consultant. Um. Part of me hopes he does well, obviously, but I also want him not to do too well so that he is moved on to that consultant role. And, yeah, yeah. But I also don't like this idea that he's a consultant. Like, what does that even mean? Like, does this mean people like Paul Murtov and the CEO, the new CEO, who is apparently taking over from, um, whose name I cannot recall right now, They're, are they going to have the final right of refusal? Because that's what a consultant is, right? The consultant yeah, yeah. goes, these are the ideas. This is why I think you should follow it. If you don't listen to me, things might go wrong. And, yeah. you know, if you don't listen and he turns out to be right, your job is on the line because you paid a lot of money for a consultant. <laughs> and then ignore them. So a consultant, but it's no, you know, no flack off the sh consultant's back if you no. don't listen to him. It's like he gets paid either way, yeah. you know. Regardless of whether you decide to follow his advice or not, and give him, and given he's already got a two-year contract, he's like, oh, you're paying me for two years, whether you decide to listen to me or not. I mean, I don't think Ralph Ragnick would be happy with that. Like, he would probably just be like, yeah, you just pay me out and let me go. You're not using me. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather go somewhere where I'm effective. So I partly want him to do well, but then move on to that consultant. You have a say in who gets to be the next coach and like set things up. Um, I think if he does that, uh, I mean, part of me hopes he goes and then we get Ten Hag from Ajax and maybe even uh, poach uh, Edwin van der Sar from Ajax. He's also an ex-Manchester United man to be like a direct, another guy, director to lead things. That would be my dream situation. Basically, Manchester United becomes Ajax with money. Like, that's good. His Ajax are really well run at the moment, and yeah, just exactly. kind of like how Manchester City or Barcelona with money, <laughs> you know? It's so hard to say what a Manchester United team is and what a Manchester United player is. People say, like, yeah, we play attacking football. That's not what we do. We sometimes play counter-attacking football. We mostly play really defensively on a high line and try not to lose games, you know, go ahead early. And that's usually the way Manchester United has played since Sir Alex Ferguson has left yeah, yeah. the club. But it's not always the way. And there's, there's no real idea of what that... Like, you know what a Chelsea player is. You knew... Timo Werner hasn't worked out, but Timo Werner is a Chelsea player. It's the sort of player yeah, yeah. Chelsea has, you know? Yeah. Christian Pulisic was a bit of a gamble. 
but you know he's kind of turned into a Chelsea player. But you know yeah, that yeah. the but players like Kai Havertz, even though he started once again, he started off poorly, but he's a Chelsea player. He fits. Yeah, it. There's yeah. a reason why Kevin De Bruyne, Mohamed Salah, didn't end up staying on at Chelsea. They're good players, but they're not quite Chelsea players. You know, they don't fit what Chelsea kind of want from their team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be a, like Kovacic is a Chelsea player. Alonso is a Chelsea player. Like you know that this guy would be good at Chelsea. Yeah. That's Victor exactly. Moses in many ways. Michael Essien. Like those are the quintessential Chelsea players. That's why I think a lot of Chelsea fans are always a bit. You know, there there's a lot of mixed feelings among Chelsea fans. I think over Jorginho because he's yes. one of those players who's not a Chelsea player. He doesn't feel like a Chelsea player. He no. does so much. Like, oh, Manchester United would have him in a heartbeat. Liverpool yeah. would have him in a heartbeat. But Chelsea's kind of like, you know, like, I, if Jorginho wasn't third in the Ballon d'Or, I almost feel like Chelsea could turn him into the next Kevin De Bruyne. Like, the other, yeah. another one that got away. Like, Kante, 100% Chelsea player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah, and Romelu Lukaku wasn't a Chelsea player when they sold him to Everton. And that's why it was easy for them to sell Romelu Lukaku. But he is well, now a Chelsea player. He wasn't yet a Chelsea player. He was. We had plans yeah. for him, but he didn't want to yeah. follow it. So that's what made him not a Chelsea player. Not a player. If you're not going to follow the plan, then you can't be a Chelsea player. Like, yeah. Part of it is following. But also, the, plan. the way he was playing at, uh, playing yeah, at yeah. West Brom on loan was not yeah. the way Chelsea needed him to play, and then so they no, sold no. him to Everton. Yeah, but there was there was, we, he was meant to loan to Everton. There was a plan. So, I mean, it was. It was yeah, loan to West Brom. That was sort of just the feeling out. I think he had, he had one season of loan at Everton, and that before yes. Everton bought him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he had three seasons of loan where he, like, and it's a, it was a well-trodden path because I don't know why Chelsea did it because we had another really good striker who had a really good loan spell at West Brom in the mid two thousands, and then ended up not being a Chelsea player named Mikel Forcell, who I yeah. always rated. I think he was a good player and a good striker. He just wasn't a Chelsea striker, like a Chelsea yeah. player. Um, and so there's a, despite Chelsea changing their ship, chopping their managers all the time and happily fire people and get new people in that need to be there, like they're super ruthless. Yeah. They run like a Fortune 500 company, <laughs> but that, like I said, but we know what their players are. We know what, who, you know. We know the yeah. type of player Chelsea is looking for to buy. And Thomas Tuchel is a Chelsea manager. Yeah. You know, I think Conte was a Chelsea manager. You need to have a personality. You need to be, you know, uh, not, not afraid to, like, be ruthless. I don't think, and I think both uh, Conte, Tuchel, obviously Mourinho. I'm, like, yeah. I'm not even mentioning him because obviously he's like the prototype Chelsea manager. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, I think with, Managers, you look at Sari versus Conte, and that's yeah. like just the difference. Or Ancelotti versus Conte. Yeah, like the differences between I was just thinking Sari and Conte, but they were basically one after the other. Like yeah. The differences between the two of them tell you everything you need to know about the, what is a, a Chelsea manager versus not. But Sari was—he's a brilliant manager. He's fine. He had a really good game plan. It just wasn't a Chelsea game plan. Didn't fit yeah. with Chelsea players. Didn't fit fit with what club was but Conte who isn't too dissimilar but had the slight differences with that actually made it work for Chelsea and that mm. could work with the players that Chelsea are going to go by yeah 
I think, how did you feel, speaking of Conte, obviously he went to Spurs. Like, mm. I think that was an incredible signing. Like, yeah, yeah. Just the results on the pitch have just proven he, it's an incredible signing. And, like, appointment was a really, really good one. But he's kind of in the last couple of weeks ago or so ago, he's kind of come out and been like, okay, we need to be patient. And like, he's almost like admitted that he didn't realize how big a job he had at Spurs to sort out. <laughs> if you know what I mean. And there are issues in Spurs, but I think, I don't, we'd have to obviously speak to any Spurs fans we may or may not know, but I think they'd be happy with Conte Ball as opposed to Mourinho Ball. Yeah, yeah. I think they would be. I think that that's probably one that sums up the Tottenham difference as well. That, and it's interesting that, that Conte will fit into, looks like he should fit well into the Tottenham way of things um, and the Chelsea way of things, whilst Mourinho pretty much did not. But you know, Conte's a really good manager, so... Yeah, yeah, he's an excellent manager. Obviously, he did really well with Italy after they didn't qualify for the World Cup in the Euros after. Yeah. Uh, before the World Cup, like he literally took them to the semi-finals of the Euros, and then the next World Cup they couldn't qualify. Like that shows you what he did with a good with a team that wasn't that good. Yeah. And then he's obviously won the the Serie A with Inter, breaking Juventus's long, long, you know, uh, stranglehold on that title. So he, I think, everyone with half a brain should rate Conte as a as a really good manager. Yeah. And he took basically Chelsea from 8th to 1st in one season. Sure, they didn't have European football to distract them. Yeah, but still. Uh, but still, still, like... You got a title. You can't take that away from him. Yeah, and he did it in his first season. Yeah, exactly. I can only think of how many managers in their first ever season of the Premier League won the title. Even Marie, Did Mourinho do that in his first season? I think he did. He did, yes, he did. So Mourinho... I think Conte and uh, Pellegrini, because even Guardiola didn't do that in his first season. Klopp didn't do that in his first season. Um, let's not count Sir Alex Ferguson, because that wasn't his first season of English football. Obviously, he won the first ever uh, Premier League yeah, yeah. season. But yeah, yeah. they've done. Uh, they did really, really, really. Uh, he did really, really well uh, at Chelsea, I think. But yeah, a bit too much of imposing his. Idea, but Chelsea, uh, like Conte, is a three-year plan. I think at any club, I don't think Conte yeah. plans to be part of a long-term project. That's not his style of uh, manager. Like I think someone like Ralph Ragnick is, for example, and that's the sort of manager United are looking for. Yeah, but I think Conte Spurs are in a very similar situation to what Manchester United were before Sir Alex Ferguson came along. A good side with a decent amount of money who were underperforming based on what they had. Yeah. So close to pushing over to the next step. Um, like under Conte, they could become a really big club. Like, and yeah, they're yeah. definitely not out of the top four, which is what we're gonna get into. Um, who else had a managerial change in that? Since then, um, we've had Norwich change managers. I think also a really good um, managerial change. To, and their results have improved in that time. I believe uh, Wolves have also changed have changed managers in that time. Sorry, Newcastle have changed managers, obviously, yeah. in that time as well. But that was like, we knew that was going to happen as soon as we had a whole Newcastle podcast, so we don't need to get into it too <laughs> deeply. 
from there. Uh, though we will talk a bit about Newcastle because they are in the or Newcastle, as the locals call it, because they're in the uh, you know relegation battle, deep in the yeah. relegation battle. I think to be fair yeah. to say, the top end of the table can be very neatly divided into. The, t- the three teams fighting for the top, Manchester City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, and I think yeah. these three have been better than everybody else in the league quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Like Just based on what you see on the pitch, so th- it's fair that they're at the top. West Ham with a game in hand on 27 points, Manchester United on 27 points, Arsenal on 26, and Spurs on 25. So I think that's seven... Are def- and I think there's an outside chance for Wolves or Brentford, but very outside. I think Wolves yeah. are in transition season because obviously they've lost Nuno and they've you know, lost a few players here and there. But yeah. Wolves are a good team. I expect they will finish top four. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they competed for a Europa spot. Like That's how uh, unpredictable Arsenal and Spurs are. Yeah, exactly. Like, shall we go from the top to the bottom? Because I don't want to get into an Arsenal hole by accident. <laughs> we'll try keep clear. We're addicted Arsenal. to talking about Arsenal for two non two people who really hate Arsenal Football Club. <laughs> yeah, actually, we'll do a little Arsenal hole now because quick aside work story. Friend of several friends at work um, support Arsenal, which is always funny, but. The fun one was the other last week, was it? So it was on chat. Maybe Monday morning. Um, so he had Arsenal, no, it was Finley, but so he had Arsenal, Manchester United, and another one of my workmates is a United fan as well. So apparently uh, the chat between the two of them during the game was, oh, a, sight to, that was. was a sight to behold because both of them were just like, yeah, yeah, and it's like, just, just wait, just wait. Yeah, it's just hilarious. How just, weird was that game, though? Super weird. Like, super exciting, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sure neutrals loved it, but it's such a weird game. Like, it's almost like watching two... Like, it's a weird tactics used on either side. Like, ah, that's that's one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. Like, I I almost had had to stop watching at halftime just because I'm like, I can't watch this game and go into work and work because it's (laughs) going to be on my head. Like, it's going to do my head in. Um, Spurs might get Andrea, uh, Andrea Christensen. Christensen. What do you want at Chelsea? Like in terms of a pl- position, not not potent- not a player necessarily. Um, if Christensen's going to play this game and be weirdos about it, then we potentially pick up a a centre defender would be useful. Uh, might need two. If, Depending if we're going to fork out for um, Rudiger or not. But, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's. I mean, Chelsea to... don't necessarily need a player. Don't need to necessarily buy a player. They could just even get a guy come back from loan or something like that. Yeah. I don't think you guys need goals. You need another defender. Right? You're yeah. right. Like, something's happened to that defense. Uh, I think United, what's... we don't... Sorry, go on. I know exactly what's happened to the defence. What's happened to the defence is the um, contract negotiations between the ongoing with pretty much the entire defensive line are just causing disruptions. So Christensen's agent's being his dad. He's being a dick. Um, Rudiger's 
demanding high pay, which he deserves, but at the same time, it's possible it's more than Chelsea really want to pay him. So, and mm. that's causing its own problems. And then yes, Christensen's doing that. Espelicueta and uh, Silva still got to Tiago still got to resign. So I think those will both be much more straightforward resignings. And the reason they haven't resigned is just. Oh, the Rudiger and Christensen thing are being more long-winded than expected. Well, you guys can wait, and they'll be like, "Yeah, we'll wait. It's fine. We're not going anywhere, right?" So, yeah, yeah. And both of them is just more the issues with Espelicueta and Tiago and their ages and what sort of contract do they look like. But I think both of them will just be happy to stay and and earn a reasonable amount. It'll just be a matter of well, I could get this much Barcelona or Real or somewhere. Or I can yeah. stay here, and both of them want to stay. So, especially as Bergwijn, like I think he's had a quote of saying that his kids are more English than Spanish. So, just people were asking if he wanted to go back to Spain to retire. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty much English now. I mean, my kids are actually English. Like, yeah, yeah. Stay here at Chelsea. Yeah, I as Pegoletto wants to retire at Chelsea and be a Chelsea legend. Like he's already a Chelsea legend, but you know, yeah, yeah. he wants to be a Chelsea lifer. Exactly. Effectively. And like, United are probably going to lose Martial, and if they're smart, they'll also sell Jesse Lingard, get some money for him. It's so dumb. Like, Jesse Lingard was worth at least 20 to 30 million, maybe even 40 at the beginning of the season because he got his form back and everything. And he's a Premier League player. If they had sold him, that's like, you know, you could got a number six. Like, he's not going to play. What was the point of wasting his time? Yeah. Um, Martial is probably going to go as well. So that squad, we definitely need another midfielder. I mean, we might get Ruben Neves. Who knows? Who knows? Like, that's who I want. I don't think. But we want that kind of player. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. See how you go. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I think we are going to see a few more youth players play in this. Like, I think Ahmad Diallo and Shola Shortire are going to play. Um, so, be interesting to see how they do. Yeah. Because Regnick likes to, like, you know, blood young players and teach them the way he wants them to play and mold them into his, you know, what he wants out of a team. Um, there's like a bunch of players and that, uh, that, that, that'll get a chance. I think Eric Bailly's already been given a chance and I think he's gonna, I don't know, Harry Mag- like when Varane comes back, I feel like Harry Maguire might move on. We'll see. I think might give Victor. I I think they should give Victor Lindelof a go at number six as a midfielder. I think he's a really good passer, and yeah. for a defensive midfielder, his defense is fine. For a centre back, it's terrible. Like he just loses his you know his shape so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he could be an incredible, like you know, defensive midfielder because he can run out and be like you know, recover the ball and all these other things and get involved. And if he moves up there, you can potentially put Harry Maguire at right, left centre back instead of right centre back out of position. 
Yeah, and maybe Aaron Wan-Bissaka moved to right center back because he's so good defensively. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Varane. It's just as well Varane's not playing. Obviously, if he's playing, it's different than yeah. this neither. Well, maybe Kyrian Trippier will come in right back. Yeah. We'll see. But I wouldn't want... I, I really want a midfielder. That's... I mean, a, another fullback would be nice to have. But yeah, midfielder. Because yeah, yeah. we have Diego Dolo. I've got Alex Tellez. Yeah. Got a bunch of good... Uh, good uh, fullbacks in the squad. That was what I was talking about in the season as well. Like a, a right back and a, or a left back. You can yeah. never have too many fullbacks. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. that's the way modern football is played. But, you know, yeah. it's not a need. United don't need another winger. They don't need another forward. And they don't need another um, fullback. But they could yeah. do with another center back. Like a you know, all-rounder defensive player and a defensive yeah, yeah. need very badly need more midfielders, especially if Pogba is going to leave. Maybe they should give this young player from the youth team a go at 16. His name's Hannibal Midgebry, but only because his name's Hannibal. <laughs> and he's from Tunisia, so he's actually from Carthage. All right, cool. No, he should definitely have a go. But he's born in France, so... Hmm. Yeah, so he looks like he's had a good, like, footballing upbringing. So, yeah, Nicky Butt says he's a combo of David Beckham and Roy Keane. Well. That's a number six, if I ever heard of one. <laughs> Play this guy, who I've just heard about today, right now. Uh, it'd be hilarious if Ragnick did play him, and he's, like, really good. I'd be like, okay, I was right all along. See you guys. Oh, he's probably going to play FA Cup. So there you go. Yeah. And he's going to probably play in the AFCON because he's in Tunisia. Yeah. In yeah. the Tunisia team. As an 18 year old, that's not bad, eh? That's not bad at all, really. Yeah. Our midfield's pretty good. I just look at the wing, wing backs, just looking at white in terms of depth for them. So having more squad players there would be, be nice to cover that. But yeah, someone who could. Potentially cover wing backs and centre defender would probably be good. Or maybe both sides or something. Just someone to as cover. But that said, we're looking pretty pretty good defensively in terms of injuries. Yeah. Midfield and forwards that are injured. Yeah, so the team we all picked for winning, I think the league before the league started was Manchester City. And yeah, I think that's our traditional pick every year for like the last five years. So. Yes, um, obviously they've done really well in the Champions League as well. Absolutely yeah. poning Lionel Messi and PSG. Yeah, um, showing their class. Um, yeah, incredible. Uh, and then the Premier League only losing two games. One of those in the first week. So you know, yeah. they've really like gone on an impressive run of form. Um, so many good players. It just seemed to, even if they, like, this is a team without a striker. Can you imagine if they'd gotten Harry Kane? Like, I told you, like, we, if we, they got Harry Kane, they, we may as well just sign over the league to them and, like, you know, this is the end. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, proof is in the pudding. Look at this. Um, <laughs> but 
Spurs, despite their improvement, the Harry Kane has not had a good run of it recently. So he I might th- be that window for moving into a big club might be running out for him. I know. I, I feel this is him more just being sulky over not being let go. So he's mm. but like you know, Holland is available for like yeah, sixty no, I, million. Yeah, that's the thing I don't understand. Is like, why are you having the sulk now? Like, yeah, you didn't get what you wanted in the summer, but. Like, you need to go out there and perform so that you keep the value up, so people actually want you, because, yeah, Haaland's available coming up. There's others that are showing their worth, like... Yeah, if Mbappe goes to Real Mbappe. Madrid, like everybody's yeah. thinking, then, or, heck, if he's on a... If he's a, people are able to sign him on a free, I'm, I would be very surprised if City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea didn't put in a bid for him. Exactly. Because he's Mbappe. Yeah. He's a player worth breaking the bank for because he's still super young and incredibly good. And yeah, a world yeah. champion. Already a world champion, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just in case you were like thinking about well, if he's really that good. Um, <laughs> then um, we've got Erlen Haaland, who's obviously he's got a 70 million, I think, buyout clause. Yeah, other than I think other than Bayern Munich, every club will be going after him because I don't think that buyout clause works for a Bundesliga club. All right, yeah. Um so and then you've got a bunch of other players who, you know, who will be on the move cuz people need strikers. They're good players in the, you know, in uh Europe and the Premier League for to be exactly. fair. To, yeah. Available for you like Ivan Tony could get a big club move. Yeah. If he keeps playing as well as he does, Patrick Bamford could get a big club move Definitely. if he plays as well as he does. So the so the Chris Wood, if he were not injury prone, would potentially have potentially have a big club move as well. Yeah, yeah. Um so there's definitely uh, like I would not um yeah, I wouldn't be resting on my laurels if I were no. uh if I uh, uh if I were uh, Harry Kane. Um, as talented and good a player as heck, Son might move. People yeah, might in a bid for him. So yeah, definitely worth uh, a bid. So I think. Mean, what would you pay for Son? I mean, obviously Spurs are never selling a player to Chelsea, but you know, nah. hypothetically, um, hundred and twenty to hundred and fifty mil for Son. Would you be like, yep? Where do I sign? Yeah, pretty At much. Think... Current level of form. Yeah, I mean. The upper end of that, maybe that's pushing the the question mark a bit more into the uh, what else is there. But 130, sure. Mark. He's a proven Premier League goal exactly. scorer. He's definitely proven. So 130, that's fine. 140, 150, it's like okay, I've got my pen out. Give me a bit of paper. I'm going to sign, think, but I'm going to take the moment you, to think. Yeah, but because like four years ago, Romelu Lukaku was an 80 million for a proven goal scorer. That's on now, but. Probably better, more technically gifted. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, no, it's and worth the money. And, but, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um. So yeah, Spur Harry Kane should. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who am I to tell Harry Kane what to do? But yeah, yeah. I would be. If I were his agent, I'd be having a word with him. Yeah, but yeah. let's look into the upcoming fixtures for the uh, top three to begin with. We have. Manchester City, and I had a quick look at this, and honestly, City have it pretty good, I think. They're facing Leeds, then Newcastle, two relegation-threatened clubs that City should win against 
should. Maybe the Newcastle game's a bit iffy because I think Newcastle have a are like City's bogey team. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the worst case scenario I can think of. If City lose to Newcastle at, at uh, St James's Park, then they still don't still I still don't see them losing to Leicester at home because yeah. Leicester are terrible at defending against set pieces at the moment, and City have really good players who are good at you know kicking free kicks. Yeah, yeah. And their team and all this other stuff. Um, then they play Brentford away. Like worst case scenario, I can see them maybe drop points to Newcastle. Maybe Brentford will get a point against them, but that's worst worst case scenario. You know. Sure. They do have um, at the end of that, so that's. Uh... And they have Arsenal in the new year and before they play FA Cup. Um, against Wyndon Town, once again, should be a win. And then they play Chelsea. You know, you could almost argue their full team players would have two weeks of rest before they play Chelsea. Um, <laughs> the Premier League, I think, because I don't, yeah. yeah. With all due respect to Swindon, Manchester City's second team is good enough to finish top in the Premier League. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I'm not, just, I don't have to say anything else. And Arsenal. Uh, City have thrashed teams in their home, you know, top teams in their home. So, yeah. if if it's in the worst case scenario, City can lose to Arsenal at uh, the Emirates Stadium. Absolutely possible, mm. but so unlikely. I think. Yeah. I think Guardiola knows Arsenal are a very limited team where their weaknesses are, and tactically, what he needs to do to beat Arsenal at this stage. Yeah. Um, and Arsenal will have its own share of injuries by that point. So yeah, yeah. Arsenal have a very tough schedule. We'll get into that because I did my cousin, who is a very, very, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, hardcore Arsenal fan is fair, but he's not an AFTV type. So he uh, was like saying that Arsenal have one of the toughest fixture lists going into the Christmas season. It's gonna, and I was like, yeah, I don't think Manchester United have that tough a fixture list. It's pretty good coming up to it. Like, Ralph Ragnick is going to... But we'll get into Manchester United in a bit. But City have an equally... Like, I think that's a decent enough fixture list where, yeah. like, the there are probably... Uh, and I'm only really saying that that... Manchester, that Newcastle t- uh, is a tricky fixture because that's traditionally been a tricky fixture for them. But realistically, City's going to thrash Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. City's going to beat Leeds, probably. City's going to beat Leicester City at home. I can't see that. They might be tired and, like, you know, drop a, drop points against Brentford and Arsenal at bet. Reali- yeah. That's my realistically realistic worst-case scenario, not actual... You know, because like I don't really think they're going to drop points to Newcastle. No, no. As you say, Leicester's been playing pants this year. They don't seem to be able to get it injuries and injuries injuries, and injuries to Ndidi and this tactically really bad in the set paces. Just yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't. Yeah, and that, I don't and see Premier League, you've got a weakness. Every team will c- come at that weakness. Like they'll yeah. exploit it. Exactly. Uh, Brentford have been playing well, but I don't think they're going to, even at home, put up much. City will still mm. win it. It'll just be a lot closer than what people would. Yeah, I don't think Brentford can win at home. To I don't think Brentford will win. Obviously, they can win. Yeah, yeah. But I think Brentford will might get a draw, a hard-fought draw, because they've been playing. You know, they play the sort of style that City can be that can beat City with, mm. you know, fast counterattack, strong pressing. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, aggressive. 
I expect the game to be similar to when we when Chelsea went to Brentford. Um, mm. It's going to be a, a good game. Think. Yeah, be a good game. City will win by a goal, but Brentford will be hard pressing and and mm. and and looking dangerous for the last bits, and, and yep. it'll be quite a a hard fought win, you say. Or you know, Brentford might get that goal, and then it'll be a, a one all draw or two all draw or something like that. Absolutely. Um, now, so I will be very shocked if City are not still top of the league yeah, by same. on January third. No, our chance to recapture them is is when we play City after the um, mm. Christmas fixtures there in the middle of January. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Newcastle, we're looking at Liverpool's fixtures, and they come up seventeenth uh, this uh, coming Friday against Newcastle um, at home at Anfield. They play Spurs away. Um, they play Leicester at home, Leeds at home, um, Leicester away. So the at Leicester City fixture on December the 23rd is a Carabao Cup fixture. So yeah. who knows what that will be like. And then they play Chelsea uh, in the new year before they play their FA Cup game against Shrewsbury Town. So, yeah, I would... That's a very difficult fixture list to me. Um, sure, yeah. Newcastle, to begin with, I think Liverpool are too good for Newcastle, especially in Anfield. Um, yeah. so that's a win for me, but Spurs are strong at home, and I think Spurs will want to get this win so that they can start the congested fixture list at the, on the front foot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. Liverpool, I don't even know what... I don't know even know what Liverpool's going to do with the Carabao Cup. They might just play a second team there. So yeah. I don't know how to analyze that. Given they do have some injuries, um, yeah, they'll want to sort out. Coming right at the beginning of that very busy fixture. Yeah. Say. Like it's an extra game in a, in a time when you don't really want an extra game. So yeah. Injuries aren't the best. And Liverpool can't carry the injuries either. Like some yeah, players. yeah. Um, like, like when, City or, or Chelsea, so the main contenders, we could carry an injury or two a lot yeah. better than they can. Especially oh, even yeah, one 100%. of our key players. As we saw when Werner and when Werner yeah. and Lukaku were out for like a month and a half, we were still fine. So. That season where Liverpool can only win the league if everything goes right for them. Hmm. Cause if, and also some things have to go wrong for City and Chelsea. Because the season where everything went right for them and Chelsea only had a few things go wrong for them, uh, you know, uh, City won with the record haulage of points and Liverpool had the second record haulage of points. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we've seen that result. City are just incredible. Um, and the season they won, like, I don't think City had had horrible things happen to them. They just made a few mistakes, got a few injuries, and Liverpool were perfect. They're absolutely perfect, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's how they... Uh, managed to win the title that season. So, yeah, it's it's tough ask for Liverpool. Um, it always is. And uh, uh, come the business end, depending on how injuries are going to play for them and things like this, especially because they play that high-intensity pressing style with Klopp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're going to play Leeds, and this is going to be an interesting game. Both sides are going to press, I'm sure, and they're going to go hard at each other. Yeah. Leeds are desperate. They want to go for a win um i think this could be a tough game that could be a game where liverpool could drop points even at home um yeah. leicester away once again i think liverpool are too good they've got too many good set piece takers too many yeah. good 
too well coached. Um, I don't see them losing to Leicester at the moment. I don't think Leicester is capable of beating a top four side at the moment, a top three side yeah. at the moment. Um, the, then it's Chelsea versus uh, Liverpool, so that's a tough, it's a tough group of fixtures there. And at, like at Stamford Bridge, I mean, I'd have to back Chelsea in that game. I yeah. think uh, Thomas Tuchel's going to have his team set up properly, so it's a rough run of it for Liverpool for me. I could see them get to third, but not fourth. I think they've got enough of a buffer. There. Yeah, definitely got enough of a buffer. So, so yeah, it'll come down to that Chelsea Liverpool game. Yeah. And, and... And how, how that's the game them. that city fans want to be a draw, yeah, and Pretty that much. could very well be because yeah. they're both equally matched teams, they're almost like cancel each other's strengths out, and it is at the end of that um busy period as well, so yeah, and and we, also a lot will depend on injuries, yeah, and Chelsea last year have not done the Christmas fixtures very well, so. Yeah. Now, Chelsea looked the absolute bee's knees, like a team that was absolutely going to challenge City for the title, like like the way Liverpool did a few seasons ago. Yeah. Um, but they dropped a few points, so it's a difficult to say where they're at. But Chelsea's run into the uh, they're still in the Carabao Cup, so that's gonna. Put a and it's a game against Brentford, so that's going to be a tough local derby, and I think yeah. Brentford will be up for that. Um, Chelsea start their uh, fixtures against Everton at home. Everton are not that good at the moment. I mean, Rafa Benitez can pull off miracles. I don't doubt it, but I think Chelsea will win um, that game. Um, they're playing Liv- Wolves at, away, and that's a very tough fixture, I think, especially this time of year. Yeah. Um, they're playing Villa away, and Villa are a bit of a disarray. So I think Chelsea could, um, could potentially, not could potentially. I think Chelsea will win that game. To be fair, um, Brighton at home. Brighton are doing good things. Um, yeah. Somehow in the top ten, even though they've lost like six or seven games, I want to say. Yeah. Um, people are talking a lot of shit about Brighton. <laughs> These. Because the people are like, oh yeah, they've lost. Uh, they've only won four games, but they're in the top. T- they're in the top ten because it's such a. It's just the way the yeah things have fallen out. But I think, yeah, fair play to them. They're there, and I think Brighton. Um, they could give Chelsea a run for their money. They, they're a team with a decent enough squad, and Graham Potter. Uh, ha, you know they know the, uh, their way around the uh, the Premier League fixtures. I, I do think Chelsea will win. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I think that's a potential banana peel. And then, like, yeah, that tough game, Chelsea versus Liverpool. So, Chelsea is. I I would say that they have an easier run in than Liverpool. Yeah, definitely not easier than Manchester City. I think Manchester City have an incredibly doable run into yeah, yeah. the in the So. Chelsea could, yeah, there could be trouble if they have a poor match where they drop points where they shouldn't. As you say, that does happen. And I feel like if it is going to happen this season, it could hap- it'll probably happen in that Brighton game. Yeah, yeah. I think that and it could happen in a clump, like you could lose the Carabao Cup to Brentford with your youth team and then take a win against Villa, but then lose to Brighton. You know what I mean? Like, and it, yeah, yeah. it can set things up. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like Chelsea 
are might sneak ahead of Liverpool by the end of that. By January fourth, they might be ahead of Liverpool. Um, yeah. What we have to do is beat them on mm. the January third one. We'll be ahead of them first. Yeah. I think even a draw at that point will get you to. Will still will keep you second. Yeah, yeah. At that point, but I think you guys that gap between Manchester City and the two, you two, Chelsea and Liverpool are, is going to widen. Like that is my prediction. All right. Yeah. I'd be a bit more hopeful that we'd keep our, our game. Just because they don't have that Carabao Cup game in yeah, the middle. I was going to say, the big unknown to me is, is that Carabao Cup and what we do there. Um, and we'll want to fight for that. We we generally fight for each other, the Cups. So it'll be interesting what we do with that. Because it is Brentford, it's right. It's not as bad as Liverpool one because our fixture list around it's other than Liverpool at the end, it's not so bad. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what they do, and then what they do for the Villa and the Brighton game. And mm. So the Villa one's probably less problematic, though saying that it's now the, probably the one that they will drop points on, because, you know, everybody takes it too much. No, um, but the Brighton one, yeah, they're playing really well. It's, yeah, yeah. Just four days before the Liverpool game, so it'd be interesting to see the lineups. Yeah, the lineups yeah. for the Brentford game for the Carabao Cup for the final, and the lineup for the, Brent, for the Brighton game will tell a lot about how those two games are going to go. Um, yeah, also, yeah. Therefore, they lead into well, the Liverpool game. Chelsea also have, like, later on in the season to play in the Club World Cup and things like that. Yeah, yeah. They won the Champions League. So there is a very busy uh, upcoming fixture list, even after the Christmas fixture yeah. list for Chelsea. Yeah, well, it comes uh, into February. We get all that. But, and I was going to say, like, there's the few weeks down, oh, it's a reasonable amount of time. Because you get Liverpool... January, but get sixteenth January we're playing Man City. So those two games are our key key games yeah, for getting definitely. back on top. So it's Yeah, yeah, for sure. We don't get it yeah. After that it's gonna be after those two games it's gonna be who drops who can keep their nerve all the way through. But the yeah. so far through the season that you know, the three teams generally are beating everybody else, it's each other that they need to to look out for, so a few hiccups yeah. there and here and there for us and, and Liverpool more than City, but Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now moving on to our fourth place side, we have West Ham United and let me just tip my hat to David Moyers before we oh, yeah. start. What an incredible achievement he's had, like even last season and then this season with West Ham. Keeping them playing a great style of football and you know getting the team to to play the way. Imagine if he had Jesse Lingard, yeah, to as well this time. He would they would have been doing so well. Um, but regardless, they have already done really well. Um, yeah. West Ham are an outside chance of moving up the table because they do have that one extra game in hand, which if they win, that would give them thirty points, only six points behind Chelsea, yeah, and yeah. eight points behind City. So. They're, they're having that game in hand, I think, gives puts them in pole position to retain because they have both points and a game in hand. If you know what I mean, yeah, so yeah. keeps the them in pole. Yeah. yeah, keeps them in pole position to stay to get there. So they come up, come up against Arsenal. Like Arsenal have dropped a few games in the last uh, since they lost to United. Um, and I feel like they're a big potentially if they got an in, uh, injury to someone like um, uh, someone like Gabriel or something or Ben White that could be disastrous for them. But not that I yeah. think that's going to happen to Arsenal in the lead-in. 
But this is the time Arsenal wants to play a team like West Ham United because they're going to lose a lot of players in January to AFCON. Um, So they'll want to play against um, West Ham now um, at home. But I think West Ham have shown they're wily. And I think David Moyes knows how to beat teams like West Ham. You know, basically what Arteta is trying to do with West Ham, it'll work against... I think a side that's less well coached and less well drilled um, because he doesn't quite have good enough players to implement it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Because the squad's not deep enough. Not necessarily their first 11 isn't good enough, but the squad's just not deep enough. There's going to be a few missing people here and there, and I feel like West Ham can win that game. Um, Then they play Norwich at home. Once again, I think West Ham can win that game. The next fixture's a bit of a who knows. They play um, Southampton, uh, sorry, because it's Spurs for the Carabao Cup. Um, I feel like Conte is going to target this, and I feel like David Moyes will be happy to play uh, second eleven for this. It will be interesting to see, yeah, how West Ham take this because, yeah, giving up on the cup is a big, big thing, and but top four is top four. But yeah, now they're in a top four position, like, and they can submit that, and that's a bigger thing for West Ham, and they definitely. I feel like they will definitely sacrifice a cup for a top four position. It's not the same thing for Chelsea, who are probably more secure in their top four than West Ham are. Um, They then follow up to a game against Southampton, and like at home, Southampton are playing poorly at the moment. Um, At home, West Ham then have to play Watford away, which is um, you know just. Uh, just outside London, and then they play Crystal Palace away. So there's two Londonish derby games. Uh, sorry, three London, yeah, two London derby games and one Londonish derby game for <laughs> Watford. If you count that, um, they don't. They basically have a relegation. They have a fourth place six pointer against Arsenal. They re- really want to win that game, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like. By January 2nd, Crystal Palace are going to be spent. I don't think they have a deep enough squad. Um, I think Patrick Vieira has done really well with Crystal Palace this season so far. Um, yeah, but they, at this point, I think uh, Crystal Palace might be happy with the draw, but I think West Ham can steal a win. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very good set of games for West Ham. They're all very, wi- They're all winnable. Like they shouldn't be scared of Arsenal. Shouldn't be definitely not scared of City, uh, Norwich City. Not scared of Southampton. Not scared of Watford, and not scared of Crystal Palace. Those are all games they can win. Oh, um, it's a very, I, very good set of um, fixtures for them, and should should definitely cement them into that fourth place. Out of fifteen points, they should get at least eleven, twelve yeah. points. Because I mean, they're list. The game in hand is, is this current and round. So they have a game in hand uh, is with that still, because well, I think everybody's playing five games in this period, five Premier League games in oh, no, this the, period. The, the game in hand is the current round, so it's tomorrow, they've got the Sunday game against Burnley, so 3am our time. Um, coming up, they play Burnley, that's the game in hand, but they should win that one, I would think. It is at, yeah, yeah. It is at Burnley, so that does throw a little bit of extra spanner, but... I feel I, like... Burnley are not the invincible fortress people say they are this season, no. I think. No, this uh, season definitely not. Previous seasons, yes. This season, no. And Moyes knows his way to, around beating a tough, well-organized team like Burnley as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. So I, I must say, like I said, I think if they get Burnley as well, so basically we've got 
18 points. Uh, of 18 points, they should at least get 14 points, I think. At least, 13, yeah. 14 points I from was... the specialist. Um, the only one where I can see them realistically dropping big points is against Arsenal, but that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um... And that might be more down to tiredness than anything else at this point, because they've got that extra game in hand. Um, well, the, but I mean, these are the games just today. Uh, that is Thursday, yeah. so it's a bit of a short turnaround for Arsenal. But yeah. I don't, I don't see that being a problem. Maybe if the Arsenal game was, you know, was more right. in for that... West Ham, that is like it's a short turnaround. They play yeah. today and then they'll play in Thursday. three days' time against yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a short turnaround for them. So, but even that, I mean, I would, yeah, I would still see that as potentially four points. It might drop points, you say, but. But and I right, think they'll be in a great position when they play uh, Manchester United at the end of January yeah, next yeah. month because they're going to be well rested, probably lots of good points, and like yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like West Ham's their fourth place this season is really for them to lose mm. because United will drop points, Arsenal yeah. will drop points, and yeah. Spurs will. Points. So I'm not saying West Ham's not going to drop any points. I feel like if West Ham, they've got the lead now, so if they can only not drop as many points as their nearest rivals, they'll get fourth. Exactly. And I think quite easily in the end. Um, yeah. They don't have a European competition to play in, which Spurs technically still do, <laughs> and uh, United still definitely still do, and I think United are targeting Europe, winning in Europe this season. Yeah. So, yeah. That's their uh, because they're like their big rival at the moment is Manchester United for that fourth. Yeah. So going into the current fifth place team, we have Manchester United play Brentford away. They're playing um, Brighton at home, and they play Newcastle away and Burnley at home before playing Wolves on the fourth. All winnable games. All hundred percent winnable games. I would not be shocked if. Five games, 15 points for United. No, those all... are... I was going no. to say that West Ham looked like they had an even easier... The easiest list of this, of the Christmas, even easier than City. But then you've turned to United, and that is some very easy... Game. Sensational. It's as good as you could ask for as a United. Yeah. Like, Brentford away might be a tough game, but that's again, like, I think Ragnick is very experienced. I think he can do... I think he. I'd be very shocked if Ragnick yeah. with Cristiano Ronaldo up his sleeve doesn't get the points there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many of these games they'll need? I think they can rest Cristiano maybe at the home game against Brighton, and maybe the or and then maybe the uh, away game against Newcastle, and then keep her, play him in the game against Burnley at home and Wolves at home. Like that'll basically. Set them up. It's going to be really like United and West Ham's season is almost decided on that January 23rd game between the two of them at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah. I feel like those two teams could go undefeated from now till then um, in yeah, the exactly. in the Premier League. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, United, West Ham do have a Carabao Cup fixture. United don't have to worry about the Carabao Cup. Uh, but yeah, so... Champions like, League, will, go on. I, like, I do like how United gets Aston Villa twice in a row with their yes. third round and then the Premier League the week after. So yeah, I could even see United lose that game to Aston Villa and then beat Villa in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. 
just because I think Manchester United might not be too worried about the FA Cup at the moment. Yeah. Like they're focused on trying to get top four and potentially win the Champions League if it looks like they can't make top four. Yeah, exactly. Like FA Cup, with all due respect, doesn't get your Champions League spot. Yeah, exactly. Um. Now, the teams I think that have a really hard run in is Arsenal. They're playing West Ham at home, Leeds away, Sunderland at home in the Carabao Cup, um, once, uh, Norwich away, away, Wolves at home, and then City oh, oh, away. Sorry, City uh-huh. at home. So, yeah, I don't... Because we have already gone through City's lineup, I think City... Arsenal's not going to win that game. Let's just put it out there, and City are going to win that game. Yeah. West Ham, I think West Ham will win, but Arsenal can win that game. That is, and it's quite vital. If they don't win that game, they could start themselves in off the on a bad foot. Yeah, because then losing to Leeds away becomes very difficult, like at Ellen Road. And then yeah. I don't think they would usually lose, but Arsenal can lose to a team like Norwich. They've got new manager bounce, you know, and they're a team that does attack relentlessly. Yeah. Sure, Arsenal, Norwich don't really defend, but, you know, Arsenal <laughs> have to attack them to get exactly. there. Um, and then Wolves at home, that's a tough game. Wolves are, are not a bad team this season. No, no, um, sure, they're injury, they have injuries, but Wolves are by no means a bad team. So, of the, so far of the teams we're going, Arsenal are the team that could drop the most positions, I think. And you say, especially got that West Ham game first, and losing that doesn't also just put them on the back foot for the running for the rest of those fixtures, but also really puts the pressure on them points wise and yeah. table wise, because that will push West Ham further up. We've just talked about United are going to have a pretty easy go through, and they'll know that. So, yeah. you know, it's, say that Leeds. United and West Ham both have a pretty easy go through. Even if West Ham lose that game against Arsenal, yeah, yeah. they have it's the rest awesome. of those. Pictures are easy ish. Yeah. Ish, yeah. As easy as the Premier League gets. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah. You say Arsenal goes to Leeds. Leeds are not an easy team to beat at home. Uh, mm. They won't won't let you take those those points easily, uh, one way or the other. You know? It's going to yeah. be a hard fought game. So, very easy to slip up and either lose or draw that game. Norwich, as you say, very attacking. Arsenal, at that point, got pressure on them. Very easy to to drop the ball themselves and either lose it because they don't defend as well, um, and they miss too many goals. You know, and I can see that happening for them. Wolves, you say, very good team, very solid. Say a few injury pro- problems, a few issues here and there, but and then City for Arsenal, I think it's it's the sort of fixture list where they could either do very well or do really really badly, and it is Arsenal, so. Yeah. Though now that we've both said that, probably they'll win everything. And, and Potentially, even yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Us. Yeah. Just because well, that's what they do to us, right? Exactly. Whenever we lament Arsenal's current form, they just suddenly become we're a super team now. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I would be nervous if I were an Arsenal fan. Yeah, very much so. Um. Then we. Go into their nor- their eternal rivals, Tottenham yeah. Hotspur, who have Leicester away, Liverpool at home, West Ham at home, 
at, for the Carabao Cup, Crystal Palace at home, Southampton away, Watford away, um, before they play Arsenal on the 17th, and Chelsea on the 24th. Yeah. Now, that's a rough type, there are rough fixtures coming up for Spurs, like Liverpool yeah. uh, at home, I think Conte is really good, and I think he can beat Liverpool, I think Conte can beat Leicester, like, seriously, just set pieces, <laughs> we'll do it. Um, exploit the defense and like, like if there's a if there's a game for Harry Kane to come back into form, that's that Leicester game. Yeah, exactly. And if Harry Kane comes into form in that Leicester game, I'm sorry, everybody else in the Premier League take notice and be scared because then Spurs can have an incredible run because if they can beat if Harry Kane gets a goal in Leicester, or you know, then you know he might get. A couple of goals against Liverpool, and yeah. thanks to Conte's tactics. Yeah, then exactly. Carabao Cup, we know West Ham will probably play a second uh, or a youth team, and Spurs will probably do the same. So who knows probably, how that'll yeah. play out? Yeah, it's not really relevant when it comes to the Premier League, anyway. Um, then home it's... to Crystal Palace—that's a winnable game if you know they're on form. If they've gotten wins against Leicester and, and Liverpool, that's a winnable game. Yeah. But you could easily see them lose all three of those games. They could lose to Leicester, they could lose to Liverpool, absolutely, and they could lose to Crystal Palace before they play Southampton away, which also they could lose, but I feel like they'll win that and they'll beat Watford. Regardless, I think Southampton and Watford are wins for yeah. Spurs. I would agree so if they can, And probably Crystal Palace as well. Crystal Palace, I would put it as a form one. So form if, thing. That could be a draw. Could be a draw. Um, Liverpool could be a loss. Um, Leicester should be a win. So, yeah. so what have we got there? That's at least one, two, three, at least nine points there. At ten points there, ten points. I think. I think ten points. So yeah, the Crystal Palace one's going to come points down. Ten points out of five games is. I think our Spurs will take that. Yeah. Even okay. this fixture list, Spurs will take that. Yeah. Um and. God. The Crystal Palace one is, is, is yeah, really depends. Yeah. Um, it does. It's a tough one to determine, but I think once again, like uh, Vieira is a novice manager versus Conte, who's yeah, Conte. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, Vieira is. But yeah, I'd say ten points minimum. Possibly yeah, thirteen, or possibly twelve, should say. Um, so. That's the run-in for them. Like I still, I think Arsenal are gonna fall behind Spurs. I think Spurs will because United have such an easy run-in. I don't think Spurs are catching up to United. No. I don't think they're catching up to West Ham because a game in hand for West Ham and easy run-in. Yeah. But Spurs could move to a Europa League spot sixth, and yeah. Arsenal would finish seventh with the EFL, and that. Them returning to Europe, I think they'll take that as a final season finish. But I think Arsenal would not be happy to be the fourth London club. No. In the league. I think you're right. That's potentially where they'll end up after the Christmas um, pictures yeah. are said and done. Yeah. The. I mean, uh, I suppose there's, there's an outside chance they'll be the fifth. London club, because Brentford's not that far behind them. Yeah, Brentford's not that far behind them either. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that could easily be the fifth London club. Uh. But we'll see how that uh goes for them. 
Um, but looking at the other side of the table, like I thought when we were talking a few weeks ago, uh, almost a couple of months ago now, like it looked set, Norwich City, Newcastle were probably being relegated and they were just who was going to be the third. But yeah, yeah. things have changed since then. Yeah. And we know things will change in January for Newcastle. Yeah. Um, so this fixture list is a, a very relevant when figuring out how the um, relegation battle will go. Um, let's just put it out there. If if uh, Norwich City are not relegated, this will be the greatest, great escape I've ever seen. Yeah. They've already started the great escape, but yeah. It's, they were coming from a long I was back. feeling Fulham, and I think Fulham did almost came good. Almost, To yeah. stay in the league last season, but they just didn't make it. But yeah. I think uh, uh, it's a very uh, interesting run-in. So let's go to our bottom team. Currently 20th, Norwich City, the Canaries. The team, the, the quintessential yo-yo club. Back, yeah. They've been going up and down the Premier League every season. They finally sacked the manager and went, cool, we're going to go a new route. Um, the uh, team have Aston Villa. First up, which is going to be interesting because I believe the Villa manager is their current, or ex-Villa manager is their current manager. Um, <laughs> they play West Ham. Uh, uh, West Ham away, which I think is a loss for them. Arsenal at home, once again, a potential loss. But, you know, Crystal Palace, that could be a form thing. Yeah. And then they play Leicester. I think uh, Norwich in current form can beat Leicester. Like, looking at those five games, they're not in the Carabao Cup, so that's easy, that makes it easier for them. Five fixtures. Um, let's just for arguments say they lose to West Ham and Arsenal. Uh, we can... Nine points... I think that's a good result for Norwich, don't you? They're on 19 points at the end of yeah, January. Points, I think nine points would be a phenomenal um, result. For them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the only thing potentially either good for them or bad uh, is they're not really facing any of their relegation rivals. Aston Villa, I mean, Palace, Villa sort, sort of. of. Palace, Villa, sort of. They're both on 16 points, so... Potentially, yes, yeah, I sort of. They're, they're two teams that might get dragged into that. Yeah. Um, but, but both Villa and Crystal Palace are sort of the top. Of, there's a little cluster yeah. of them on 16 or 17 points. And, yeah. Uh, or 16 and 15 points. And, and Villa and, and Crystal Palace are sort of the top of that cluster. Right yeah. There. 12th and 13th and under 13th and 14th. And um, yeah. I mean, so. I am planning to look at Crystal Palace a little bit. I'm looking at every team that's on 16 points because to me, yeah. that's two. If you're two points be behind the relegation battle, uh, behind the 17th spot, then you know, two, you're two games Very behind funny. a relegation. Uh, yeah, then you're probably, you know, you're in that relegation conversation for yeah. now. Um, the so Norwich have a decent run in. I think. Potentially, those nine points could make a huge difference to them. Yeah. They might not even be in the relegation zone at that point, if depending yeah, exactly. on how their opponents go. So I think they will take that, and then they start playing some of the relegation competitors. They've got Watford coming up. They've got, yeah, they've got Everton. So those are interesting. It's Norwich. It's exciting. This is a potential exciting great escape route. I don't. I'm not picking them yeah. for it yet. But I do think they will have the best silly season. Fix- yeah. Sorry, this Christmas season fixtures of all the three the three po- teams that are on ten points. 
Yeah. Um, the main reason for that is, let's see, Newcastle play Liverpool, City, and United, followed by Everton. So <laughs> by that point, Newcastle might already be relegated. Yeah. They and can't... they're still going to play Leicester City as well, so... Yeah, they've got to play Leicester City as well. Once again, I don't think they can beat Leicester City. I think Leicester City is going to struggle against top sides, but they're not going to struggle against the likes of Newcastle. No. Um, and then they get to play Southampton, which is going to potentially be a relegation uh, six-pointer for them to go against. But I don't yeah. see United. I don't see Newcastle getting any points no. from the first four games, and I hazard a guess they'll be lucky to get it. They might get three points out of five, and that would be good result for them. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't think they could beat Everton at at uh, Goodison Park. I don't... No. I really don't think Newcastle can beat Southampton at the at the uh, St. Mary's either. So, yeah, this is a... It's a rough fixture list, and if they don't... Who can they buy by the 1st of Jan by then? Who can... Yeah, and like get ready in time. Like it's too late at that point. I think I think Newcastle are going to be bottom of the league come January fourth. Yeah. I'm sorry, Toon fans. I don't like. I'm not. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm sorry. I think this is just straight facts here. Yeah, yeah. I think Toon fans are just got almost got to accept that it's going to be. A Look, Eddie Howe will take you back into the Premiership. Uh, yeah. After winning the championship next season, just it's going to be, you know, if you drop, you next season's just going to be a romp through the championship back up, and then you're set from there. Yeah. Now, following on from Newcastle, we have Burnley, um, who are in trouble again, and they're usually consummate professionals at this. And Burnley have a interesting fixture list. They play yeah. Watford, who I think that's a Relegation six-pointer at this point. Astonville, that's almost. They play yeah. Everton at home, which is, uh, well, not a six-pointer, but still a tough fixture in a game they kind of want to get some points at. Man United at Old Trafford, I'm sorry, you're losing that game, Burnley. I'm yeah. sorry. And you're playing Leeds at Ellen Road, and I feel like you're losing that game too. Yeah. So Burnley have a tough run of fixtures. Their only saving grace is they don't have... Newcastle's run of fixtures, which are <laughs> incredibly difficult, like almost unfair level of difficult for a. If Newcastle win even three, uh, uh, even three or four games in that fixture, uh, sorry, with two or three games in that fixture list, that'll be incredible. Yeah, performance exactly. from them. It'd be crazy if they do that. Yeah, I think even if they get four or five, like their point totals above three, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. It'd be sensational. That, I agree. That would be a sensational run of results for them. So I think that's Burnley's only serving grace. And obviously they're experienced at this before. Son, Sean Dyche knows what he's got to do. Mm. I feel like they'll get the points against Watford. I feel like they'll potentially get a draw against Villa and, Ast- and Everton. And yeah. they'll have to be happy with that. Five points? Yeah, I could see them getting five, maybe six points out of that list. Say so Leeds United... Really that might not be enough to get them out of 17th. No. Like, let's be realistic here. That might not be enough. No. And potentially, at that point, Norwich might be over them at 19. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point. Norwich has got such a much better run that yeah. it might not even help Burnley that much. They may scrape together, you know, six, maybe even seven points there and still be in the relegation zone. Um... 
Then we go uh, to the south coast with the Saints. Um, they play Crystal Palace. Pseudo, once again, I feel like that's also a bit of a relegation six fighter. They're all the same amount of points at the moment, 16. They play Brentford, tough fixture. West Ham, tough fixture. Spurs, tough fixture. Newcastle. Yeah. This is Newcastle's potentially only saving grace for getting three points because Southampton are going to play Spurs and West Ham. They might play second teams in those games just so that they have a good team to play against Newcastle. I don't know. But even the Brentford and Crystal Palace games before that, is, that's that's pretty hard for Southampton. Like, you've got some pretty... That's tough games for Southampton. I mean, maybe Brentford at home could be something they could get some points at, but Crystal Palace away... Crystal yeah. Palace are, I feel like, a good side. Like, I just yeah. get the vibe that they're a good team at the moment. I think, yeah, with Brentford, to me, the only saving grace there of them, of Southampton potentially getting points there, is the fact that it's at Southampton. Um, mm. If it was at Brentford's home, then I I feel Brentford at home are, are too strong at the, mm. that one. But Brentford's showing that they're yes. Yeah. Brentford's showing they're good um, yeah, yeah. side anyway. So. Well, well, like, well drilled, well they know what they're doing and yeah. especially at home so i think you're absolutely right um and they've kind of turned that brentford community stadium into like a fortress yeah excuse me so that will be very interesting and they obviously their manager knows how to use like he's a cutting edge manager you know he yeah. like you know if you see if brentford are in the premier league in two or three seasons from now he's gone to a mid-tier if not top level club yeah, at yeah. that point, I think. Um, like, Pochettino was at Southampton. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, there are other... Like, now, I have a, I have to confess that I have an ulterior motive for uh, going with the teams that had 16 points, because I could then talk about Leeds United as a relegation <laughs> candidate. At that point, you, you skipped Watford as well. I skipped Watford? Okay, we'll go into Watford. Uh, how could I skip Watford? Oh, you're right, too. I did skip Watford. Uh, beg your pardon. Before we go into unloading on Leeds United, <laughs> one of my great pleasures in life, uh, we get to talk about Watford's run-in. And it's not easy. They have a relegation six-pointer against Burnley. They have a potential... I'm calling it a relegation six-pointer against Crystal Palace because they're only three points behind them. Um, this is a tough fixture against Wolves at away, which they'll probably lose. Um, West Ham at home, which again, I think they'll lose. And Spurs at home, which I think, again, they'll lose. Those are tough fixtures um, against top six sides um, who are going to be wanting those points. Um, To me, the the saving grace there is that they get those tough games at the end of this list. So they get the games that actually matter to them at the beginning when they're fresh. So they've got... Yeah, I... Still, Palace is going to be a really tough game for them, I think. But if they can win those first two games, hey, baby, they're out of their relegation zone. Yeah, exactly. They've put daylight between them and relegation zone, potentially. Um, Heck, maybe at that point they might steal a point at Wolves. Who knows? Um, So, yeah, I think uh, Watford should be trying to aim for, I think, seven points. I think with that think, fixture list, I would think they would be happy with that. I think seven points would be a very good. I think, I think six is it's almost like five's minimum and seven's extra, yeah. with six being a good yeah. power. and that would take yeah. them to nineteen points if they get six. So seven yeah, would be twenty yeah. points, which would give them. And they might be at nineteen with uh, with Norwich. 
yeah. at that point. So that's the potential situation for Watford. And I think Watford, they have good players. Um, yeah. So it's just, yeah, we'll see how that pans out for them. I'm sure they'll have... Go on. No, it's okay. okay. No, I think, like, they keep changing their manager, so, you know, yeah. it's hard to predict what Watford are going to be, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. It makes Bitcoin look stable. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, did you want to do Crystal Palace next, and then... Yeah, yeah. To, Crystal then, Palace, and then leave then, Leeds for last? Yeah, and they have a nice long run at Leeds. Fair enough, okay. Crystal Palace, the team, I think done really well at 14th place um technically i still think under threat for relegation they get to but they get to play southampton at home which i think is a game they'll be up for that's a six pointer they'll want to win yeah what for the way once again a six pointer they'll want to win and then they get to play a local derby against uh, london derby against Tottenham hotspur which they could be spurs at this point yeah they have good enough players and a good enough manager. Um, they've got Norwich at home and they've got West Ham uh, uh, at home as well. Um, I don't think they'll beat West Ham. I don't think they'll beat Spurs. All the other games are winnable for them. In yeah. fact, I expect them to win all the other games. I th- I'm expecting nine points. I think a minimum of seven, like two wins and a draw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think very easily they can get all three wins. Fixtures nine points, and I think yeah. at that point they will be like, "Yep, we're gunning for a top ten spot." Yeah. You know. I mean, they've got a, they do have a game in hand, uh, which is against Everton, which is two points above them. So yeah, that's tomorrow morning. That's that another could, potential, like you know, six pointer in terms of. Well, yeah. it's, it's it's their six pointer to get out of relegation for the sort yeah. of the nineteen twenty twenty one points yeah. things. So you say it's nice. We've, Missed a little section of um, teams, which is the Wolves down to Everton slash Crystal Palace, depending if Crystal Palace beats Everton or not. Um, where it's sort of the mid, the current mid table, where they're not really in the relegation, but yeah, sort of close to that, but, and they're not really into the European spot clash, but they're yeah. sort of close. Where either ends of that could be drawn into it. Those are the teams aiming for a cup at yeah. this point. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Crystal Palace could could win tomorrow morning, save themselves a little or they lose. It would, and, be rem- yeah. it would be remiss of us not to mention that Crystal Palace are going to have a cracker FA Cup tie against Millwall, South oh, yeah. London Derby. Going to be amazing, I think. Yeah. Um, it's at Millwall as well, so it's at Millwall. Crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the new den. So. Finally, one of my great pleasures in life, I get to unload on Leeds United. So they start off this fixture list against Manchester City, followed by Arsenal, followed by Liverpool, followed by Aston Villa, followed by Burnley. So there are two relegation six-pointers, and by God, do they need those six-pointers, because they're not going to win any of those other games. No. I just Maybe Arsenal. Maybe. like I think best-case scenario with this fixture list is seven points. Yeah. But that's a tough seven points for Leeds. That's a very tough seven points. It is the seven points they'll be... It's the games they'll be at home. So there is that. So they get the two six-pointers at home. This is why I think Burnley have so. such a rough time because they're going to play a Leeds team that's going to be very well-drilled and like absolutely gunning for it. 
Yeah. Um, I think that Leeds team against that Villa Leeds game is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, Liverpool are going to beat Leeds at home. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Leeds are probably going to lose to Arsenal at home, but they could get a point there. Maybe. Um, depending on how they play. Um, but yeah, but they're not going to beat City at the Etihad. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, so I, can see, yeah. I can easily see Leeds going zero points from this as well. Like yes. The problem with the two, the two yeah. last games is it's it's the other way around to what we were talking about with the others. Like they're at the end of this busy period, and they both, you know, they got their two biggest games within yeah. four days of each other. Two games where both teams are like would be targeting that and thinking this is the games we need to win and don't have as as whilst they both of them have um, problematic. Um, Fixtures going I, into it, not the same of two big games right at the end. I do think I do feel a bit bad for Leeds, shock horror, in that I don't think they've been playing badly. Like that game against Chelsea, they could have easily won. Yeah. Um, and I think they they can't defend. No. Which is gonna this could potentially bite their arse against Burnley. I think that style of play could work against Aston Villa. Could work against Arsenal to, enough to get a draw, maybe even a win against Arsenal, depending on how badly Arsenal are going at that point. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you can't play City like that and win. And no. you know, Liverpool will attack you back. But how often are you going to get a result like Brentford, where you know they went pound for pound and forgot to defend? Like, okay, that happens twice to Liverpool against a team like Leeds. I'm going to be just like, okay, what are you doing, Klopp? But <laughs> shouldn't happen. Um, so I think, uh, Leeds are gonna have a rough time, um, this thing, and I could very easily see them back in the 17th spot at that point, especially since I'm picking Norwich to get at least nine points I mean, from what we've put in, it's potential Leeds are going to be in the 18th spot. Yes. Um, because, yeah, out of those ones, they've got the harder, other than Newcastle. Uh, I think Newcastle were expecting almost zero. Yeah. Like, almost certainly expect. I think yeah. any points for I'd, Newcastle is a bonus. No, yeah, I'd put in this in that, that Leeds has the second hardest. Um, yes, 100%. Uh, Fixture list there. Um, so that's why I was saying. It's, it's potentially they, get zero, they also have got a big potential of having zero points. If they get zero points, they're definitely going to be dropped all the way down to the relegation zone straight away. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Crystal Palace, Watford, Southampton have as tough a fixture list. No. Um, Burnley have a decently tough fixture list coming up. And they're... But part of that because there's a bunch of relegation six-pointers, you know, like, yeah. these are... So, like, Burnley, by the time they face Leeds, might be well out of relegation. And, like, absolutely putting the throat... You know, putting their foot on the throat of Leeds, or they're going to be like fighting their hearts out. So the, either position is bad for Leeds to be playing them in. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. And and Burnley because they've got United the week the game before, and Everton before that. I mean, the Everton one's less so, but I mean potentially that's target the Leeds. They got Aston Villa then Everton. United and then Leeds. So target the Aston Villa and target the Leeds one. And, yeah. Those are fi- this is the point in the season where we expect Burnley to get the points that get them out of the relegation. Yeah. Zone, right. Like this is 
These are the group of fixtures. Other than that United fixtures, these are the kind of fixtures you expect Burnley to get just enough points to be like, all right, in, by mid-Jan, we're not going to threaten relegation anymore. Exactly. And they can do that in a variety of ways. So, so yeah. I, I, that's what I mean. Look at it and go, Leeds, that's actually a hard match for you because yeah. Burnley's got the ability to, to, to organize for that, but Leeds doesn't. I feel like, and that Aston Villa game is not really a six-pointer. I think Aston Villa are still um, better off than the other relegation-threatened teams, even though Aston Villa are not out of it. They're on 19 points, and I think Villa have a decent enough team, and like they're still on a bit of a new manager bounce. And um, just looking at it, Villa's got a reasonably decent um, Christmas fixture anyway. They're... Norwich, then Aston Villa, then Chelsea, then Leeds, then Brentford. So the yeah. Leeds game, you know, once again, the Leeds game is the middle of the tough bit with Chelsea and, and Brentford. But yeah. Brentford, they'd probably be fine with. And Chelsea, once again, throwing a defensive formation, mm. don't exert too much um, energy and 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 hope for a draw. Yeah, and if you yeah, don't get then, a draw, well, yeah, and then go all Chelsea out against well. Leeds. Yeah. But they've got. But it is at Ellen Road, so Leeds could come yeah. away with a sneaky win there. That's just very tough for me to see Leeds beat. But that being said, that doesn't mean even if they have a bad run of results, um, including that West Ham game on the 17th of Jan, Leeds are playing Newcastle at the end of January, and they could make their way back on top again. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, out of the relegation slot. So just because they'll be in the relegation zone after Christmas, in my opinion, I don't necessarily think they will be relegated. So that no. should not... I'm not. So I'll be making that very clear. I do think Bielsa will get his troops fired up, and I do think they will fight their way out of relegation. I still pick... Um, because I feel like Norwich has got to come back, just like Fulham, and, you know, my feelings are not always justified, but, you know, I still feel them just the same. Uh, okay. I uh, I think Newcastle are relegated. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna win the championship next season easily, so don't worry about that. I think Burnley are finally gonna be relegated. I just feel like it's one too many great escapes for them. Um, and I think Watford are gonna be relegated. Those are my three at this point of the season. I feel like those are my three teams that are gonna be relegated just from the yeah. way I see them play. Yeah, I would. I would look at. I would say, yeah, Watford's going to be dragged. Maybe first. Southampton will switch. Maybe Burnley will come out, and Southampton will be relegated. But you know, those are the four in my relegation. I think are going. I'd be very surprised if Leeds gets relegated. I'm not going to be surprised if Norwich is going to get relegated. But I have a gut feeling they will not be relegated. Yeah. I'd look at it and go. I'm just basically swapping Norwich with Burnley for you, and it's going to come down to injuries to Burnley, and if they can, yeah, get their players fit and keep them fit. I. Chris Wood, um, I think they will. Yeah. Um, they'll drag themselves out, and but yeah, to me, Newcastle bottom. You say they'll just go down, win, smash the championship next year, and come back up and be much stronger for it. And it'll be fine. Will and, they if if Norwich also get relegated? Will they smash the championship next season? Because that's usually what Norwich does. Yeah, I think I think Newcastle will smash the championship with Norwich. I think it will just be a yeah, so basically win everything. Norwich will win everything else, and then there'll be daylight down to the next set of teams who will be like, "Well, oh, fine." Everybody else gets the battle for um for the playoff spots and sort of 
even if it's Burnley or Watford or even Southampton, I don't think next year that they're going to be in the championship. They would be at that same level that Norwich and Newcastle will will bring to it. Yeah. As you say, Norwich has happened. What, I think three out of the it's last also five like, look, the players that are going to step up. Like I think, look at Crystal Palace. They've got Christian Benteke, Conor Gallagher, Wilfred Zaha. I feel like these players are going to step up oh, no. when the business end comes. I feel like. Like, in terms of where the goals are coming from, because that's where it's really important in the relegation dogfight, right? Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, like, Leeds have players like that. Leeds has uh, um, Rodrigo, has Rodrigo, they've got Rapinha, they've got Patrick Bamford, who's going to come back from injury. So that's going to make a lot of difference in, come January for them, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stuart Dallas as well, doing really good things. Um, oh, yeah. Like Newcastle, who are they gonna buy? It's so hard to say. Yeah. Um, and also, let's get at that point they might be relegated. So who are they gonna buy? That's gonna be gonna go. Yeah, we're happy to go and play a championship next season potentially or yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, Norwich's yeah, was... other thing is Timo Puki is hitting form. Yeah, yeah, there is that. He's actually starting to look good again. Yeah, I think Josh Sargent has been playing, and Max Aarons has been playing really well at the yeah. moment. Uh, so they I would actually, be... I think they're actually but, starting to play Yeah, they should. So, which is good. Like, the first Billy Gilmore. Season, like, yeah, I've yeah. been hearing about Billy Gilmore in the championship for so long, but he's... What's going to have to happen is Tim Krul has to stop losing his brain <laughs> and... His head on, um, and if he does that, I think Norwich could actually get those nine points. I'm like projecting for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that the only is, the issue with Newcastle's potential saving grace is that uh, Alan Saint Maximum and Callum Wilson are in decent form at the moment, and yeah. they might, um, you know, they might just get enough for Newcastle to be like, look, just get us some new bodies and we'll do something. Yeah. They might just keep Newcastle close enough that yeah, the new bodies in January will actually save them. But yeah, mm. to me Southampton, Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich, that's the the relegation the real relegation dogfight. Um and yeah. three of those those five will be the ones at the bottom. I mean, Leeds and Crystal, even Everton are uh on that bird I think Everton and Aston Villa are too far, and Leicester are too far ahead. Um, I and, think yeah. Crystal Palace, if they get into a bad run or get bad injuries, can be. Yeah. But I feel like they have a lot of good players getting into form at the moment. Um, I think uh, I do think uh, Patrick Vieira will bring them uh, bring them out. Uh, and maybe, and I do think Crystal Palace will eventually end up finishing in the top half. Of the table, that's yeah, yeah. just my gut feel. I think Everton um, will be pretty close as well. I'm just having a quick look. Everton's actually got a pretty decent um, run over the Christmas. I mean, it's a bit of a pain for the next couple of weeks. They get they got their Crystal Palace um, fight tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, then they get Chelsea, as we talked about, Leicester. But then it's over Christmas, it's Burnley, Newcastle, and Brighton. I mean, the Brighton one, yeah, that's a, a difficult one at the end of that. But for that six days, the three games in six days, which is the actual crazy season, that's that's a pretty easy workload for them. Um, mm. 
uh, two of those at home, so Newcastle and Brighton at home, and Burnley's away. But yeah, I think, I think that's enough to to push that think, daylight for New Everton. Like, yeah, I think Everton will push daylight. Look, Everton are not trying to be a mid-table, like you know, between uh, eight and twelve kind of club. They want to be challenging for European positions. So this mm-hmm. is going to be a disappointing season for them. Yeah. Um, same with Ditto Leicester City. Yeah. Um, so. If West Ham are real, they and they stay real, and it looks like to me they can and will stay real uh, for this I mean, season. Um, I think they are going to finish fourth. I'm just, yeah. but I also think Manchester United are going to win the Champions League. So take what I say with a, that <laughs> into consideration. <laughs> to, and so I think uh, I th- I do think uh, like I said I do think Manchester United are going to win the Champions League. So we are going to have five English clubs in the Premier yeah. League next in the Champions League next season. Yeah. Just my gut feel. Um. I was going to say like Leicester's not quite as bad as they look at the moment because they've still got this week's game and that's Newcastle. So you can add three points onto the current total. Um, yes. Yes. To which puts them up to to twenty one, which puts them into ninth. Well, depending on depending how bad badly they beat Newcastle, even eighth or ninth. Um, I think so the, if, they get, if they get three points from Newcastle, it'll be twenty two. Twenty two, sorry, yes, twenty two. So they'll go above Wolves. I'm good at maths. Yeah, they will go to eighth, depending on whatever Brighton. Uh, that's a that's a math foul up that even Yara would still going. <laughs> what? Were you being silly? Were you just joking? No. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I was, I was totally joking. Totally joking. <laughs> oh, you caught it out. Well done. Well done. It was, just, it was a test. But, I mean, Leicester, Leicester's actually more Leicester, poor Leicester. Totally at Newcastle one, but then it's Tottenham, Everton. They get Liverpool twice, once for the Carabao Cup, and then again in the Premier League. City in between those games and then Norwich at the end. Leicester have a rough time of it coming That's up. That's rough. Oh. I don't see Leicester going back up, climbing up the top. I think Brighton and Brentford have a good chance of finishing in the top 10. Yeah. No, because I see. Of the... Leicester's only going to get like six points out of that. That's it. Like, there's no other points there to be had. I don't see them dragging draws out of that. Like, yeah. grab the six points is probably optimistic as well, but it's Everton at Goodison, so maybe. So. Yeah. Maybe, but so maybe it's just the three points from Norwich. That's about it. That's tough for Leicester. Um, yeah. But I don't, but I think that table under Spurs with Wolves, Brentford, Brighton, Leicester City, Aston Villa, and Everton. I'm more or less expecting them to stay the same. I don't think, I don't think any of those clubs below them, Crystal, maybe Crystal Palace aside, are going to go into that. I think and yeah, Crystal of, Palace. If any club drops out, it'll be Leicester City from yeah. that group. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think you almost have to include Crystal Palace in that group because they're pretty much there. Um, yeah, the rest of them. Yeah, I don't see them those lots. Really climbing up to to catch yeah, up I don't the see, Arsenal sort of levels. So yeah, I don't think Leeds will. I think Leeds will not be relegated, but I don't think they're getting into the top ten again this season. I don't think 
Southampton are getting into the top 10. I definitely don't think Watford, Burnley, Newcastle are going into the top 10. No. Norwich? No. I, I was going to say maybe the great... No, it's not. They're not going to I don't think they'll be relegated, or at least I have a feeling they will not be relegated. It's too strong to say I don't think they'll be relegated. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah. But Villa with Steven Gerrard could make a lot of interesting plays. I think yeah. Steven Gerrard is a decent manager, as yeah, he's yeah. shown at Rangers. So Villa, like, tough run of fixtures, I think they have, but easier than Leicester. And they can go up. Um, we got Norwich, Burnley, Chelsea, Leeds, Brentford. Yeah, it's tough, but also Chelsea aside, probably doable for them. They know. Yeah, I mean, Brentford know. have a pretty decently tough run of games coming up as well, because um, they've got they've got United at home, they've got Southampton away, they've got. Uh, obviously Chelsea at the Carabao Cup I think mm-hmm. as you mentioned I think Chelsea are going to win that because I think Brentford will play a, a second team um, Brentford will play Brighton away and then City at home tough, tough and then Villa but again I think they can get a decent haulage of points there, there are points yeah. there to be won for Brentford and I think then they've got Liverpool at, at Anfield, but after that, that's those are winnable. There are some bunch of winnable fixtures for them. Yeah, yeah. Like they've still got teams like Newcastle to play, Crystal Palace, um, Norwich, Leicester. Those, you know, in the rest of the season, that is for them yeah. to like secure. Like I think Brentford's goal is to get forty points and secure um, Premier League status, right? Like yeah, yeah. that's. That's their first goal, um, the and they're on 20 think. points now, um, and it's not even halfway season, so they're ahead of schedule for that. Yeah, and I, I think they'll do it, as I I think yeah. that Wolves, Brentford, Brighton, Leicester, Villa, Everton, I'm going to put Palace into that group, will be the the mid-table. They're the, the ones not close enough to... Yeah, yeah. Like, outsiders have to have slip-ups to push into yeah. spots, but also be too far out that they would have to be slipping up big time to be dragged into the relegation battle, so and I think Brentford's done enough that that's that'll mm. be where they are. Um, to say it is a not an easy fixture list, but it's not the worst. It's the best, it's not the worst. So for the Christmas period, I think they'll get a, a reasonable amount of points out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll be pushing thirty points by the time we get through Christmas. And that's that's plenty plenty ahead of schedule. Yeah. Might not quite make to the 30, but they'll be pretty close. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, obviously, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now, as always, every Premier League review ends with MoCast. MoCast time! We're going to look at Jose Mourinho. So, at the moment, Roma are doing terrible (laughs) at 7th place. And all oh, the teams oh, above them. Even further. Oh, no. Seventh place. They're still ahead of Lazio, though. Still ahead of Lazio. The only yeah. saving grace is Juventus are just three points ahead of them, and they have a game in hand, so they might leapfrog Juventus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's 
not easy being Roma at the moment. Um, the Serie A is heating up. Internazionale have a game in hand um, with yeah. two points to behind AC Milan, and Napoli are hot on their heels, three points behind. So both those teams could leap, and Napoli have a superior goal difference to AC Milan, so they could both leapfrog AC Milan. Um, yeah. Atalanta have also got a game in hand, but if they win their game in hand, they would be 37, and unlike Atalanta, I think. I personally think Atalanta will finish above AC Milan in the um in the Syria when the yeah, season's yeah. all said and done. Like, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic best attempts I'm sure, but still <laughs> gonna be that way. Um But like yeah, they've not had a good run of fixtures recently. Inter Milan has um thrashed uh I think they 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 got thrashed three nil by yeah. Inter Milan recently, and then they Conference League got three two against CSK Moscow, but got absolutely thrashed by uh sorry they thrashed FCZA whoever they are um so they're still in the Conference League Roma could still win a European Trophy Conference League yeah. will get them a Europa League spot next season so. Yeah, yeah. There is that. Um, but let's look at the upcoming fixtures. Can Uncle uh, Uncle Jose fix Roma's season? <laughs> I know he seems to have done a good job of. He seemed to have it on track at the beginning last time we were here. And, yeah. Um, Mocast. He was he was doing a good job of keeping it on, and then it's. The wheels really have fallen off. That's a tough run of fixtures. They play Spezia at the in their next game, who are um, at a, sorry, seventeenth. Seventeenth, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're seventeenth at the moment, so that's a that should be a game that Roma wins. Atalanta away, which they're not going to win. Um, and then they play Sampdoria at home, which once again that's a winnable game for them. Um. So, um, Roma has been losing to the mid to bottom table teams somehow. It's been a, a part of their problems. They've been losing to the likes of Venezia. They lost to Sassuolo, who's more mid table yeah. now, but. Yeah. See how we go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, then we have Absolutely. the AC, then they play AC Milan in January the seventh. So, sure, the fixture list is not as congested in Syria, and they have that's a maybe winter break. They have a Christmas. bit of yeah. They have a winter break over Christmas, but they do play. They've got a tough run of games. They're playing Atalanta and AC Milan, um, Juve and Calgary. Uh, and Empoli in the yeah. in before February. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll see how it goes for Uncle Jose at that point. Um, yeah. they could easily be a couple of points behind by the time they've like. Okay. Uh, they'll probably beat Spezia. I think that's just gonna happen. I don't that think they're gonna. Be. I don't think they're gonna beat Atalanta. I think Atalanta are just too good. At them. So yeah, I think that's probably more the problem there. I mean, if he sorts out some of these problems, maybe differently, but 
I think uh, I think Sampdoria are gonna improve as the season progresses. So they're only a few points behind, uh, mind you, with the games in hand. But I think Sampdoria will do just enough to get points from AC Milan, uh, sorry AS Roma at that point. So then yeah. you've got to get points off Milan and Juve to bring your season back into a yeah. top four. I don't. Okay, so. Roma, Roma might win the first ever European European Conference League, and Mourinho will claim he was the greatest ever Conference yeah. League manager that's ever been. And you know, fair play to him when he does that. But they're not gonna finish top four from the looks of it. Very yeah. unlikely. It's looking very unlikely at this point. I was being optimistic at the beginning of the season last time we looked, but since then they've really. I don't think Roma are even as good as a t- a team as. Fiorentina at the moment, like even Juve might go up, but I think Roma, yeah, Roma will leapfrog Juve if they win their game against Bezia, but that's probably like, the only saving grace for them. Juve are terrible at the moment, um, yeah. and they might go and, but yeah, even with on twenty nine points, I don't think they're gonna catch up to Atalanta or uh, Napoli or no. let alone Aston Villa or sorry, Internacional or AC Milan. Yeah, no, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, Roma, Juventus, Florentina, Lazio. Uh, yeah. Maybe Bulgonia fighting for the the other European spots or the Conference League and for the um, Europa League. That's, you know, I feel like Florentina maybe can, if they have a good run of form, might be able to push into Champions League contention, but it's looking very much like that. It's going to be Milan, Inter, Napoli, and Atalanta as, a, as the ones that are just going to shuffle the cards around in the top four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of them are in pretty good form at the moment. All looking pretty strong. Say Milan maybe is the... Even though the top, they might fall over the most, but yeah, but not enough to fall out of the Champions League. Like Italy, only the top so. three get to the Champions League, so yeah. Top four, top four. Is it top still. four for Italy? Yeah. Okay. Still. They managed to, I think, climb their way back to four. Okay. Okay. Helps winning the um, Euros, you know. Yeah. Oh no, the Euros have nothing to do with oh, I suppose Champions it does. League. Yeah, it's just, it's, 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 but I think um, Juve consistently get to semi-finals or so, so that helps. Yeah, yeah, that, and, that definitely helps. And I think Inter and AC Milan did reasonably well in the Europa League, so, mm. yeah. So, okay, that's not too bad. So even, uh, it looks like, I think, I'd be very hard-pressed for me to think any of these outside the top current top four in Syria are not going to win. Are not gonna keep their top four positions, so yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I do think we might actually. See, I'm gonna call it right now. I think Atalanta are gonna win the Syria this season. Yeah. They have only got two games in December, um. So they'll be nice and fresh for January. They've got winnable games like uh against Udinese away and Torino at home before they play Inter at home, which I think, yeah, again, yeah. is a winnable game for them, and then Lazio away. 
So I think great fixture list for Atalanta. That's my pick for. Yeah. Well, that is the Syria. So yeah, uh, I think it's gonna be t- close. Um, but yeah, Same. I mean, Valencia is a is a great team, so it's hard to go past them. They're, yeah, they're and they they're the only team that still have the same manager from last season. That's my main yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, Where do you think Uncle Jose will finish this season? Um. Thinking he might be able to, maybe he'll get his highest fifth, but I'm I'm just going with six and he'll get his Europa League spot. That's the Conference League spot. His sixth Conference League spot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if he wins Conference League, League, he'll be in the Europa League anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think he'll be able able to keep the Conference League spot one way or the other, um, and potentially he'll make. are we gonna call it right now? Like our our pick for conference league is uh, Roma with yeah. Jose. Yeah, yeah. Why not? All right, that's who we pick to win the conference league. Does anyone care about either the conference league or our opinions on it? Who knows? <laughs> but we do they this should. podcast anyway, not because we think other people care. Exactly, they should care. But yeah, just looking at it, they got yeah, Roma came top of their pool. Yeah. But coming out on that, they got Basil, Basil and Kroberg, Reigns, Vitesse, Copenhagen, yeah, okay, Hunans, Lloyd, other power. Okay, yeah. are in the Conference League? What? Okay. Yeah. But looking at them, the ones going through, yeah, I would be putting that as. There are teams that are going to be relegated from the Europa League into the Conference League. Oh, right, yes. So I think the fixtures are not yet done, but looking at it. So Leon are probably through to the next round from the Europa League, Rangers and Sparta Prague. Either of those two teams are going to be tough if they go get dropped out to the Conference League. Yeah. Um, Monaco look very likely to go ahead, but Sociedad, PSV, once again, top teams. Spartak, Napoli, and Leicester, three-way tie. But either of those three teams are going to be tough in the Conference League. There's a bunch of teams that when they get relegated into the Conference League this season later on, they're going to be tough fixtures. Ironically, West Ham are still in it in the uh, Europa League. Um, 13 points from 6 games? Yeah. What is the potential? What if West Ham win the Europa League, even if they don't finish in the top 4, and United win the Champions League, then whoever finishes 4th, imagine if Arsenal finish 4th, and they don't get to the Champions League, because (laughs) United and West Ham Winning that in would, Europe. That would be funny. I wonder what's um, funny. Arsenal being fourth or Tottenham being fourth in that scenario. Either or. Like, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. It would be funny uh, either way. 
Because like I said, I've already picked it. I do think United are going to win the Champions League because that is their only chance of qualifying for the Champions League next season. Exactly. And uh, we'll see because Spurs are trying really hard not to win the Conference League, I think. (laughs) Because they've had a terrible run of games. Like, looking at their... Thing, but rumor, like you said, top their group. Yeah, it's still close. There's a oh, AZ Alkmaar, Feyenoord, a bunch of good teams here. Spurs, see, five games, seven points. Yeah. So yeah, I think Spurs are not winning the Conference League, in my humble opinion. No, they've got to, you know, beat Rings. So. Yeah. And. Oh uh, yeah, just gotta beat them. They beat them, they'll they'll be second in their top in their group. I don't know if that's enough, is it? Top yeah, two I think second go through. Yeah, top two yeah. probably should go through. I assumed it was top two go through. So just gotta win the team that's top of their group, and then they'll be okay. Yeah, but it's rough. I think they have an extra round of fixtures, right? And there's gonna be teams from above. From the Europa League that are in their group that drop out. Yeah, I'm not sure when that game is. Not on the Tottenham. Yeah. Not on their list of fiction lists or something's gone on there. Uh, Lincoln Red Imps. I was hoping you guys could win a game in the Conference League. Can you name me which country the Lincoln Red Imps play for? They are currently have the record for being the winningest team in their country's league, as in they've won the most titles, and also the most titles in a row of any team in a league. Um, let's go with Liechtenstein. Yep. Come on, they're called the Lincoln Red Imps. It's a country where English is the official language. Oh, good point. I think of a small country. I have to think of a small country with with um English. I don't know actually. What would be an English speaking uh, Give up? Give up. Gibraltar. Gibraltar. I was actually should have thought that. I just thought Gibraltar would play in the Spanish League for some reason. Yeah, the country they've refused to join so many times. I know that they refused to join them, but it doesn't mean they wouldn't play for this football there. Football's different than joining, right? Yes, of course. Stadium of 5,000 people. There's a whole 11 teams there. Yeah, and Gibraltar has like 40,000 people. Yeah. Basically, it's smaller than Palmerston North. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, 11. That was the only thing I was thinking. They wouldn't have that many teams, but they have an 11. 11 yeah. Which is why it's not, un- not an unreasonable achievement to be like, you're the winningest team ever yeah, yeah. for. Lincoln Red St. Joseph's Manchester 62 they don't have the most number of league titles like national league titles because I think that's Rangers I think they've got 50 something because they've only got 25 but still they've won 13 in a row or something ridiculous like that from like 2001 to 2015 16 from 2000 2001 to 2015 2016 nice so, yeah. Well done to you. 
But yeah, I was hoping they'd do well. Because yeah. I feel like the Conference League should be for teams like the Lincoln Red Imps. Yeah, yeah. To at least make the knockout rounds. They shouldn't be like facing teams like PAOK. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, oh well. Well, might be a team we decide to follow in the future. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> like everybody will go. You're just picking the winningest team in Gibraltar. Like, come on, guys. This stadium looks incredible, man. It's got a, the rock right behind it. Oh, really? Oh, that is cool. Like, this is exactly how it looks like in Civ Five. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that looks like a classy stadium for you know for a country like Gibraltar, five K. Like five K is one ninth of their population. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very classy looking stadium. Uh, anyways, I think that's all we have time for today. Yeah. Um, thanks very much for listening. Um, I hope to see you all next time. Have a very happy and safe holiday period. Thanks for your time.